1: Welcome to Sunday Coffee, Charlie. I don't know about you, but I I needed that extra hour of sleep. Seems like we just saw each other. Left the post game show late last night. Early this
0: morning. I told my wife yesterday that I intended to use that extra hour to be more productive. <laughs> to get up early to get some things done. I used it for sleep too.
1: I used it for sleep because I rolled over my my uh, my alarm clock uh, alarm clock in my body went off at my normal time. And it felt great to roll over and say, you know what, I got another hour before we head into the studio. We are in the Farm Bureau studios here on a victorious Sunday morning. We win last night. State wins last night, 39-33. Over the Auburn Tigers, it took the overtime period. Had to play a little bit extra. Hit a field goal. We hit a field goal to send it to overtime. How about Massimo Biscardi? Made it twice during timeouts and then hit the third.
0: What were the odds of that? And when I say that, it's not a knock on Biscardi, but executing the snap and the hold and the kick. I was just waiting on a fumbled (laughs) pass back or something like that, but he drilled it.
1: Yeah. All right, looking back at the game last night, and Charlie, I don't know about you, but just looking at this one, I don't know about about numbers and everything. I kind of felt good about the way we handled – a couple of weeks ago after losing to Alabama, where we really just didn't look back at numbers. We just discussed the whole situation. I think looking back at last night, when we built out the big lead, we're ahead 17 to nothing. we're ahead 24-3, to three, we're ahead 24-6 to six at the half. I kind of felt like, you know, that was what we needed to do against Auburn. But, you know, I had talked myself into in the pregame show yesterday that that was going to be a close football game because Auburn is not – untalented at all, and I wonder, you know, did did we build out the lead too big too early, and you kind of lull yourself to sleep because you think, all right, we're about to pound these guys a little bit, and they come out of the locker room a little fired up in the second half, and you just can't recover. I mean, I look back at last night, look at the field position that we gave Auburn deep in our own territory, what, five times inside of our 35 to start drives. Hey, you don't win many games like that.
0: Not many. Yesterday was just a game of contradictions for me. On the one hand you say you don't win many ball games where your opponent starts at your eight, your sixteen, your nineteen, and your thirty five, all in regulation. That doesn't even count the overtime. On the other hand, you say you don't go to overtime against many teams, not named Army, Navy, or Air Force, whose quarterback goes seven for twenty two for seventy five yards. completions. You say you don't lose many games where your field goal kicking is as good as it was, where you get a kickoff return for a touchdown, where you're making plays in special teams. On the other hand, when you have punts that barely make it to the sticks, you don't win many of those either. It's
1: That was a weird game, man.
0: I think even within units, you can say, (laughs) hey, the offense did these things really well And they did these things really bad. On special teams, we got a lot of really goods and a lot of really bads. I don't get it. Uh, it, It's one of the most confusing games that I've ever tried to break down. And so, the only thing I could come to early this morning was it's a win, it's the SEC, and five years from now, hey, we beat Auburn.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're going to look back. Next year, we're going to talk about, hey, we've won two in a row against Auburn. And that's all we're going to remember. I thought last night and, and just watching Auburn, I thought they looked dysfunctional like they had all season long in the first half. In the second half, they uh, they kind of put it together emotionally. I mean, I was looking at Twitter last night from Auburn guys. I was looking at Auburn beat writers and, and some of the stories they'd had after the games with their fans and things of that nature, their message boards. and Man, they were ecstatic. They felt like this is the hardest we've played all year long. Ours weren't. No, it probably, <laughs> probably we're not, but uh, but but I t- kind of took that with me. Of okay, well, Auburn played probably as emotionally charged as they had all season long. You know, Tank Bigsby is a good running back. He is a really good running back. We said going into the game last night, you kind of wondered about you know, if, and this is not a knock at the officiating at all. I actually thought last night was. Probably pretty clean now if i'm gonna I'm sitting in the Let's auburn say. side if I'm sitting on the Auburn side I'm kind of probably saying man that pass interference call was kind of yeah. tough, but they called defensive holding on us late on a touchdown drive that was kind of iffy too but but I thought for the most part
0: last night yeah, there's a couple of big runs though where they got some guys hooked out there on the edge well
1: that's what I was about to say you know we said before the game
0: you know it was kind of begun to
1: you know so many people talk about holding in, in football. But it's nobody ever talks about it in a run game, and we saw I think a little bit of that at Kentucky, and I'm not saying we're you know we're not guilty of it as well, but my not goodness. guilty enough of it apparently. No, you know, need last, to hold a little better. You know, last night we had 36 first down plays in the game. Last night we ran so the, you had the ball first down and ten 36 times. We ran the ball four times out of those 36. We threw it 30 times, and then we were sacked twice. So the two sacks put us behind the chains. It seemed like we were behind the chains all night last night. We were four for 16 in third-down conversions, 0 for 6 in third and longer than nine. So you had six of your 16 it was at least nine yards, one of three on third-down and short, just 25% in third-down conversions, seven of 14 passing on third-downs. And a lot of that had to do with how you did on first-down. And so, but early in the game we did okay, but man, second third quarter was tough. But you know we bookended. You know we had a pretty decent fourth quarter. When we had to drive and score, we drove and scored. Austin Williams came up with a big fourth down catch, and we. Hey, hit. and thank
0: goodness that that was not ruled an incompletion on the field. Yeah, because that one just wasn't going to get overturned either way.
1: No, it was not enough uh, evidence either way to determine you know an over call, overturn on that call. So. Charlie, here's the thing: I got on, I got in the car last night. I was leaving Bulldog Burger, and we'd finished up our post game. And I get in the car, and I turn on the ESPN radio, and I start listening to different, you know, people around the country. It seemed like everybody was mad yesterday, unless you were an LSU fan who was ecstatic about, you know, coming from high and going for two and winning it, and unless you were a Georgia fan, and even Georgia fans yesterday were saying, "Man, we should have beaten Tennessee even worse." It seemed like nobody was happy yesterday.
0: Very few people, at least within the top 25, look at it. 23 Oregon State loses to Washington. They gave up 10 points in the fourth quarter to lose that one. Outscored 17 to 7 in the second half. In fact, they were up 14-7 and a half. Lose 24-21. Number one Tennessee. They were all excited about that win versus Alabama at home. Then they have to go to Georgia. That doesn't turn out so well. Ohio State was outgained by Northwestern, who is 1 and 8. Ohio State's number two in the country. It was a 14-7 game headed to the fourth quarter.
1: And I just, I just go back to my point. I don't know if anybody's playing great football right now.
0: Number four, Clemson, who is undefeated, gets beat by three touchdowns in South Bend. Michigan, they end up winning big. They were in a 17-14. They were down 17-14 at the half to Rutgers. And so you can just kind of keep going and going. TCU needed 21 fourth-quarter points to beat Texas Tech. And this isn't – I'm not saying this to defend us. I am saying it to say this. Whether you're watching the NFL today, whether you watched high school football on Friday night or college football on Saturdays, there's a lot of bad football being played. And Tom Brady said it a couple of weeks ago. He was right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about Southern Cal last night, late last night. I mean, Southern Cal, number nine in the country, you know – Lincoln Riley was going to bring the, the fury back to to L. A. They went forty one to thirty five. They went by six at home over Cal. You know, Cal's one and five in the Pac twelve, and they built out a lead and then just had to hold on. It was kind of like us. And we, we guess so we surrendered. We had the big lead, then surrendered the lead, and able to come back. And man, you just look up and down the you know the top twenty five.
0: All right. So Illinois sixteen. Illinois loses to the ten million dollar man Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Who gets his team's record to four and five. Wow. North Carolina barely holds on to beat Virginia. Oklahoma State, you want to talk about all this we hear all the time, hey, you should have had your program in place. How much longer does Mike Gundy get? You always talk about taking that next step. Mike Gundy has Oklahoma State six and three, three and three in the Big Twelve. They lost by three touchdowns to Kansas. And I get you, you say, Well, Kansas is better. Are they?
1: You know, and two or three weeks ago, everybody's talking about Syracuse. Garrett Schrader this, Garrett Schrader that. And they lose 19-9 to at Pitt yesterday. Pitt's now 5-4. and four. So, I, I I like that point as as far as saying, you
0: know. He didn't play yesterday, by
1: the way. Is he hurt? He must be hurt. I, I didn't really look at that much detail about the game. You know, we've talked this season about how much drama we've seen late in games. And we've seen a lot more. It seems like you've seen a lot more drama. In games this year. Is that because, Charlie, there's not as big a separation point between the haves and the have nots? I mean, you've got Georgia who could have lost on the road at Missouri and did not play well at all that night. Georgia has had some games where they've sleptwalked on the road, but they're the number one team in the country, no doubt. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. They're the best team in the country, and they're not bulletproof.
0: Oh, I have a feeling they'll look like it in about six days. (laughs) That's how it usually goes. I just think we're seeing a bad product right now across college football. And either – I'm not saying you have to be happy about it or say you excuse the way we're playing, but I think you have to acknowledge that right now there were only two fan bases happy yesterday, LSU and Georgia. And even the Georgia fans were complaining they didn't win by more. Yeah, Um, And so I'm not going to get into a long talk about where we are as – a country and sports talk and everything else. But I do think whatever one's passions, if you can take a step back, you can say the product on the field right now isn't great much of anywhere. The causes, I don't know. Is it the transfer portal? Is it – I don't know. There's there's a lot of things in play.
1: But take that forward to today. I mean, you're going to watch NFL football games and you're going to see quarterbacks who were exceptional in college – who are really? I mean, you got to be the best of the best and play in that league, and you're going to see some p- just pitiful performances today offensively in the NFL. And I heard Peter King talk about this a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about kind of the reinvention of offenses and how everything is so cyclical when it comes to offenses. And you're seeing more NFL teams run the ball more because defenses have kind of figured out in the pros about you know the spread offenses and things of that nature. Hey, I tell you this: there are only two fan bases. I think they're ecstatic this morning, but I'm ecstatic this morning because I went to Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew. I've got my blueberry flavored coffee. I got it as a staple. I had three people come up to me yesterday making fun of you because you don't like the blueberry cobbler coffee, and I don't know if it's not. I'm this. not saying
0: I don't like it. Well, I'm just saying I take pride in my manhood, and I walk in and I say, "Give me some straight black, and let's go." Do that, that you that break- any room for cream and sugar? Not a chance. But is it breakfast blend? Is that what you get? I say give me the hard stuff. Okay. Give me the dark roast.
1: But uh, Strange Brew Coffee, it's uh, right before Christmas now, and we talked about this for the past couple of weeks. If you're looking to get the, that college student something for Christmas, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Get them a bag of coffee. You can get some pods now.
0: Why, so why not just get them a gift certificate? I mean, if they're in college, they, I mean, they're going to be passing right by there.
1: Well, then all of a sudden you put it. Put all it of a
0: sudden. we got to fix that.
1: All of a sudden. You put it in their hands. And if you're like my kids, I can, I can hand them the card, but them going and actually doing something with that card.
0: Not losing the card.
1: Not losing the
0: card. Harder to lose a bag of coffee.
1: That's right. It is. So Strange Brew Coffee House, two locations here in Startville, Spring Street Highway 12. Right there as you're about to enter campus on Highway 12, and then on uh, University Drive, that's where I usually go when I'm in town. And we're both in the Farm Bureau Studios this morning. We decided to get together. We did not go to Lake Teacotta this morning. We came up here to the to the fine studios, and then they also have the location in Tupelo. They call it Brupelo. So three locations with Strange Brew Coffee House. They're about to have a fourth. Can't tell you where. It's going to be a big surprise, but they also have churn and spoon ice cream as well at the Highway 12 and Spring Street, uh, Spring street location here in Startville. and as we said, we're in the Farm Bureau studios this morning. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Quite the uh, number of people walking downtown this morning.
0: It is a busy morning downtown.
1: Yeah, waiting for people the shops. People using
0: that extra hour. Yeah, waiting for the shops to open up. A big line
1: across the street at the Startville Cafe, and so... Kind of a bustling morning after a late night last night. Hey, I had a good crowd last night. For a while. Yeah. You know, the rain was, uh, and it was damp. It was just a just a misting night. And I thought, f- for the most part, it was a pretty good crowd to start. And we'll have a good crowd this next week, a 6 o'clock game against Georgia.
0: College football games are too long, by the way.
1: Well, you know, and I think that may be a story for another day. And I hate to, I you mean, know, I'm not harping on negativity this morning. But, you know, when I go to the Saints game, and you pick at me for going to the Saints game, and I know you go to the Cowboys game sometimes, but the difference in the Cowboys and the Saints is we have a real dome. right? Jerry can't figure out if he wants a dome or not. Plus, he has the sun that you have to worry about with the –
0: I am not here to defend Jerry Jones. Well, you should be. No.
1: But I know, one, is when I sit down to watch an NFL game, that game's going to last three hours or three hours and five minutes, and I'm out of there. You don't know how long you're going to get in a college game.
0: Well, like yesterday, somebody goes down on the field for a minute, and the next thing I see is, the, you know, the guy with the pole. And it comes <laughs> out with the clock on it. And it comes out, and it's like three minutes and ten seconds. Yeah, we, what, what are we doing? We used to start at 2.30, now they're 3.10. Brian Ritchie,
1: when they when they came up with the clock idea, yeah. where people would know how long you had to sit there. And so they gave all the clocks to – to all the schools, and Brian Ritchie, Mike Ritchie's oldest son, was the first guy to man the clock. And I told Brian, I said, how does it feel when you roll out there at 2.30 that you're the most hated person <laughs> in the stadium? Brian's a great kid. He's down at uh, Southern Miss now. But, yeah, it's just uh, it's a long product, a long night. I haven't gone back and watched the TV broadcast last night, so I don't know you know what was said, any how anything was handled. I'm assuming that uh, – Was it ESPN2? What were we on last night?
0: Yeah, it was one of them. I think we were on ESPN. Were we?
1: No, it was ESPN2. Okay. Uh, I was
0: there. I wasn't watching.
1: They're all the same. To me now, I mean, used to, if you were on ESPN, that was great. If you are on ESPN2, man, okay, a few folks can find that.
0: Who was the guy that used to do the Sunday? Who was the guy who did ESPN, the prime game for so long? Ron Franklin. Yes, Ron Franklin. He had a great voice.
1: Ron Franklin.
0: Stepped into a little controversy along the way. Yeah, he did. You know, he went to the school up north. Good voice, bad decisions at times.
1: Yeah. And you had uh, Godfried, who was a, the color analyst. Adrian Karsten was on the sideline. Well, wasn't Dr. Jerry Punch around now and then, too? Dr. Jerry Punch was on there every now and then. And Dr. Jerry Punch, what was he, an emergency room physician? Was I think that, that's right. Fantastic human being. He was big in NASCAR. Really good dude. Just a really nice guy. Taking us back to yesteryear. Back when football was good, Charlie. Back when football was played great. Let me (laughs) tell you this. I'm not taking this as a knock at football. This is not a negative morning for me where I say, hey, I don't like football as much as I used to. I just think that the games in the fourth quarter are better now because everybody's playing a slog.
0: So perhaps not as aesthetically pleasing but at least competitive at the end.
1: They're very competitive at the end.
0: All right, let's think about this game. Let's talk about this game last night. As you look back, what was the big moment of the game?
1: I thought for us, and I, I think the, the pressure point for us was that fourth down play that Austin Williams made that diving catch on. You know, you don't make that play, I don't think you win that football game. And then ry Rai coming across the middle was uh, was big as well. I thought when you had to answer, as bad as your offense had been, just trying to get something going and having to drive and score. And then late, too, we got some help from Auburn on that face mask. You know, Tulu running the ball out to the 35, and you got the face mask, you're able to drive down, you're able to kick the field goal. I thought when we had to have something last night, we were able to get it. And, And, Charlie, as you know, you've been around sports a long time, man. When you're trying to recapture magic, when you're trying to provide your own spark, sometimes it doesn't happen. And last night when we had to have some drives, when we had to have yardage, We got it laid, and that's a great thing.
0: One of the things that I think has probably not gotten enough play is the fact that when we needed a field goal to tie the game, we were able to start our drive at midfield.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. And I'm telling you, man, Tulu was a difference maker last night. Of course, that's that's stating the obvious, the kickoff return for a touchdown. And then Auburn, after that, I mean, they didn't know what they wanted to do on kickoffs. I think Auburn's inability to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone, which is something that we can do, I think. Finally. Exactly. I mean, you think about how many many times as a fan that you were so frustrated because teams were running back so many kickoffs and you thought your special teams were so
0: bad in coverage because you didn't have a kicker that could kick it to the goal line. So think this through for a minute, going back to the playoffs talking about. Auburn gets the touchdown. Jarquez Hunter goes in from the eight yards out. Auburn's up thirty-three to thirty after the two-point conversion. Carlson kicks off. Tulu fields it at the eighteen-yard line, returns it to the thirty-five, and there is a penalty, personal foul on Auburn, moves it from the thirty-five to the fifty. So instead of starting with fifty-six seconds, that you're on thirty-five, you're now at midfield. I know timing didn't become a huge deal because we still had 34 seconds left. But, man, doesn't that just feel like a real big deal to be able to start at the 50 instead of the 35, the way the offense have been struggling? Isn't that penalty? And I get it. None of this happens without the Austin Williams catch. But isn't that penalty a really big play in that game?
1: Oh, it is. Absolutely it is. But I go back to the point of, That wind was blowing out of the southeast last night. And so you're actually kicking a little bit with the wind if you're Auburn after taking the lead with a minute to go. And the inability for you to have somebody on your campus that can put the ball into the end zone for a touchback. If we're starting at our own 25, we lose that ball game. And so it comes down last night to you simply don't have somebody that can get you a touchback and start at the 25-yard line, and that's what gets you beat. Am I overstating that too much?
0: No, because I think if you're starting at your own 25, now you've got to throw the ball down the field. We were one of three on balls over 20 yards in the air, five of 10, balls 10 to 19. We weren't exactly pounding the deep middle last night.
1: Well, a lot of it was because, you know, we missed some passes last night. We had a few drops last night. There were some passes that maybe been caught that were not positioned correctly where a guy had to maybe turn around and all of a sudden he's tackled. But, man, let me tell you something, Auburn was whipping us up front. I mean, they were whipping us up front in the second and the third quarter and some of the fourth as well. And so, do you have time to throw the ball down the field a big thing.
0: We were under pressure a lot last night. Some of that's on the quarterback. Some of that is on Will not getting rid of it quickly enough, trying to stay in the pocket, look downfield. Sometimes you just got to get rid of that thing, maybe hit the eject button and get out of there. Other times the line just got whipped. I thought that was one of the problems we had running the ball. Hey, we talked about the big play on the penalty, Tulu running it back. What about Will Scramble? Yeah. Yeah, that was – I mean, I was big. If you had that on your bingo card for last (laughs) night, you know, come come to the front, you're a winner. Well, so you mentioned
1: the pressures. We were pressured 17 times last night, sacked five. And all five sacks came in non-blitz situations. Auburn – only blitzed five times last night. They brought an extra guy five times in 68 snap counts. They had 63 times last night. They got 12 pressures last night when they did not
0: blitz. What did you think about our ability to get after the passer last night?
1: Well, I thought it was massive. I mean, it seemed like every time we brought an extra guy, we got there. We're doing some twists up front. Jet got there pretty easily. Tyra
0: Sweet had six pressures, three sacks.
1: And Robbie Ashford began later in the game
0: to to have some success when flushed from the pocket of running the ball. Okay, all right. Got to stop you there. Here's what I don't get. And there's probably a perfectly good reason for this. And I'm not knocking our defense because our defense won that game for us. But here's my question. When a guy is completely inept throwing the football, how does he have a chance to do that to you? How does he have a chance to scramble and get that many yards against you in big situations too? Yeah, is that just, going back to the point, is that just the, the
1: change the way you teach defenses now? I mean, last night when he he rolls to his right on pretty much a quarterback sneak or quarterback rollout to his right and keeps the ball, and he gets 15 yards down the field. and We still got cornerbacks with their backs to him chasing receivers
0: down the field. People love man defense, and I understand why. But there is a lot of value sometimes in a zone because you're still looking at the quarterback. You get a guy like that. Yeah. But I was just screaming, turn around. Turn around. He, <laughs> <'Cause> turn. <laughs> guy's chasing a receiver, and the quarterback's about to run over him.
1: <laughs> run over him from behind. <laughs> yeah. and, and And like you said, Charlie, this is not a knock at the defense because if our defense – we talked about the field position a minute ago. If our defense hadn't come to play last night, I mean, we're talking about a loss today. At the end of the day, we won. And we said a few weeks ago, you're going to, you know, you need to beat Auburn. You need to beat Ole Miss. You're one of two there, okay? You're going to beat East Tennessee State where you better. Georgia's going to be an uphill climb. And so I thought last night, I thought the season, you hate to say the season comes down to, you know, game number nine. But last night was a must win. And at the end of the day, we pull out the win.
0: And so do we just have to decide in college football that we don't care about style points anymore, that we only care about the final outcome?
1: I mean, you're about to get there. I mean, and then I'm not saying that from a Mississippi State standpoint. I'm saying that from, you know, a college football standpoint, you look at Ole Miss. I mean, they built out the big lead against Auburn and then had to hold on
0: and then beat they, they jumped out, out to, the big lead against LSU and didn't hold on and, and then on.
1: lost it. I mean, that's just talking about in our own state. And as we were talking about the top 25 just a minute ago. Hey,
0: what about Arkansas? Have we not touched on this? You know, Hugh Freeze is going in there and just you – know, they wore him out, man. It was like 21 to nothing. What are the odds that he's your next head football coach at Auburn? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what – you know, I,
1: I literally people have asked me all week, you know, who who do you think Auburn's going to hire as a head coach? I think it's a wild card. I have no idea who they're going to hire. I mean, I could see them hiring – Anybody from Lane Kiffin to Hugh Freeze, I could see them, you know, hiring a guy like Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. And so I, I don't know who, I don't know who they got.
0: Bring back Gus. <laughs> no chance. Now they're longing for the good old days of Gus Malzahn.
1: And you know what, too, man. I was reading all the, <laughs> I was reading all the social media this past week, and somebody was, you know, just a bunch of people were like, man, hey, you know. New AD over there, you may look at Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen will not be your coach at Auburn. I can guarantee that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there aren't many things I feel safe saying. I feel safe going out on that helm. No, Dan will not be the coach at Auburn. (laughs) No, I, I don't think he'll come back to this league. I actually think if I were Nebraska, do I call Dan Mullen? Maybe one of those schools. I don't know if, I don't know. I think,
1: I think Dan, for Dan to be successful, he has to, to be in a place that kind of recruits itself. And Nebraska, yeah, that's a good point. And Nebraska now, you've got to recruit differently. When they were in the Big 12, you know, they could go down to Texas and recruit so many guys. When they were rolling under Tom Osborne, they were recruiting so many guys out of Oklahoma and Texas because they were, you traveled to Texas so much. But now in the Big 10 blueprint, I mean, they don't get any guys out of Texas anymore. And the high school football is not as great in Nebraska as there is in a lot of different places.
0: Okay. I think about that theory.
1: So, I think Nebraska killed itself by going to Big Ten.
0: All right. That, that's going to be another good podcast one day. It will. I'm sorry. Teams that made bad conference decisions, like Tulane, for example, leaving the SEC many years ago.
1: Hey, they're 8-1. How about that? Willie Fritz down there, got it rolling. They won at Tulsa yesterday. Hey, we talked about being in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. And then also our friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville. Cannon Ford, if you're in the market for a new or used car, need to go to the service center to get your oil changed, your brake pads changed, the body shop if you've got a dent, the fender, go by and see our good friends. Chris Keen in the game. Tell Chris that we sent you. Chris is actually a good friend of ours, really good friend and is a good dude, just an absolutely good dude. Sometimes you can come up with some squirrely people in the car business. I hate to say that. And a lot of the car business people will say there's some squirrely people in the radio business. But I digress. We have the microphone.
0: Thank goodness we have the legal profession to keep us in line.
1: That is exactly right. You are my conscience. How many times do I get ready to say something and you just look at me and shake your head? Like, don't even start. Don't even go there. See, I need I need that. I need legal representation sitting across from me every time we do a, a podcast. But Cannon Ford of Starwell and our good friends at Farm Bureau, we talked about Strange Brew Coffee House just a little bit ago. All right, Charlie. So next week we got the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't – I mean, today is one of those days of I really can't tell you how to feel. And, you know, if you want to be excited because we won last night, and that's where I am right now, I'm just relieved we won a football game. If you want to be mad, I understand it too. I understand if you're upset the way we played last night. I can see that, too. But I think today is what you want to make it of yourself. You want to be the glass half full or the glass half empty. And, Charlie, I'm telling you, I'm glass half full today.
0: Mm-hmm. I hear you.
1: Anything else we want to touch on before we head to the hill?
0: No. I think we just uh, buckle up, board up the windows, and prepare for Georgia. Tell
1: telling you, man, we get after them. We're going to get after the dogs. Hey, appreciate you guys listening to us today. Once again, thanks to our good friends at the Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau will go with the home team. Strange Brew Coffee House. Our good friends at Tracks Plus. Go to Tracksplus.com And if you're looking for used equipment, sani excavators and mini excavators, we had our Tracks Plus deep dig this past Friday in five locations now. Hickory, Starkville, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi. And then in Alexandria, Louisiana, and Bessemer, Alabama now so go by and see our friends at Trax Plus or go to TraxPlus.com and our friends at Bank First go to BankFirstFS.com for all your lending needs and so for Charlie Winfield I'm Bart Gregory appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee